Good afternoon and welcome to the Young News Podcast with your host, John Phillips, alongside Sean Clappis via WhatsApp on this Sunday, December 26th, the day after Christmas, Sean. Um, it's a cold one, I'm sure, in Spain, a sunny day in Florida, and more news uh, making the headlines really all about this idea that there is going to be a dark winter upon us. And of course, there's going to be talk of cases, there's going to be talk of viruses, there's going to be talk of death, of sickness, of fear. Very similar. I think you made a great point sending me that text message earlier in the week about the war on terror and the fear that was used in 2001 and 2002 to really get people behind policies that were unconstitutional. We today are also witnessing a war on terror. Now, I am going to take the side of those that are in charge pushing this war on terror, this new war on terror. But of course, radical Islam doesn't seem to be the target. It seems to be COVID-19. And that is the fact that I think ultimately this whole push is so that we all have somewhat of a so-called passport. And on this passport is financial information, uh, our medical information, our travel information, and to take the side of those that want this card to be on your on, to be on you 24/7 it's an easy way to track you it's an easy way for there to be not some type of chaotic situation we know where you're going when you're going what money you have who you're selling things to it's a way to maintain stability among these massive states all across the world because in the age of globalism you know you never can be certain about the health and safety of people traveling to and from places and so there is a massive push to ultimately have this card and i'd like to call it sean and i want you to follow up on this kind of the global citizenship that ultimately i think this is a massive push towards a global citizenship in which will be marked with whether or not you have the proper medical history, whether or not you have the proper social credit history, whether or not you have the proper financial history. And I think you can make the argument that this global citizenship will bring balance and stability to a very chaotic world. With all that said, Sean, I want you to comment a little bit about the text that you sent me Um, What was going through your mind when you thought about the war on terror being launched in 2001 and 2002 against a lot of freedoms and some of the things in which we held to be very dear to ourselves and the freedoms that have kind of been eroded with this war on terror when it comes down to COVID and um, also follow it up with what you, you, with with really your thoughts on this idea of a global uh, citizenship. Yeah, yeah. Well, so if I'm remembering correctly, I was uh, thinking about this, and it is not by any means my original thought. Other people have uttered this, but I was thinking. I was hiking the other day, and I was thinking about the playbook that they used for the war on terror. And you, you know, you and I are around the same age. I was 14 years old. I was a freshman in high school when 9/11 happened, and I remember things happening. And I got a kind of a crash course in geopolitics. Um, of course, this is through the lens of mainstream media, you know. Now that I'm 34 years old, I can kind of look back and say, oh, wow, you know, there was so many things that they didn't tell us. They lied about WMDs in Iraq. They lied about so many things. The Obama administration lied about the amount of civilians being killed in drone strikes. All of these things. And now, 
you know, kind of the war in Afghanistan comes to a close with a resounding failure of America pulling out of Afghanistan, the Taliban literally gaining access to more weapons and more money than they could have ever imagined. And all at the, and all, you know, so not only did America lose this war on terror, they, they gifted our, our enemies with more firepower than they could have ever hoped to come across via, you know, other means, essentially. They have the best uh, hardware in the world and billions of dollars of, uh, of our stuff, helicopters, planes. So tr- I'm trying to make an analog here, and, and I'm looking and seeing, looking and seeing when they were saying, you know, New York City, when if you see something, say something. You know, I remember the campaigns about, you know, being vigilant about terror, you know, could be anywhere. And I see the same thing with COVID, except ramped up 10 times. Um, yeah. And I, I, I'm seeing the same propaganda, and, uh, and it's so blatantly obvious to me now that I'm older and I can see. Essentially, I mean, you just, you just think, about, think about your typical liberal. And if you explain to them, hey, um, uh, you know, the, the war on terror was an abject failure, they'll say, yes, yes, I agree. You go, yeah, you know, it costs trillions of dollars. Uh, hundreds of thousands of lives, servicemen and women, and civilians all over the Middle East who died needlessly. Or, and then also, our presidents, past presidents, destabilizing the Middle East, destabilizing North Africa, and I'm looking at you, Obama, and the Arab Spring, pushing the Arab Spring, pushing the, the kind of, um, um, the toppling of people like Gaddafi, you know, people like uh, Assad, and, um, and, you know, these are bad guys, but at the end of the day, in their power vacuum came people like uh, the um, uh, like ISIS, like uh, the Muslim Brotherhood. Far worse actors, essentially, came into these power vacuums. And America, essentially, the American people, the Ameri- via the American media, kind of washed their hands up and said, whoop, whoop, not my problem, even though things are objectively worse. So... You know, and, and then on top of that, we lose a lot of our freedoms. Now we have more government that is essentially in charge of your life. The Department of Homeland Security, right? The NSA, they are spying on us and looking at our emails. They have the power and the will to do these things. Um, the, uh, the no-fly list, the federal watch list, all of these things have expanded greatly under, under the war on terror. Um, Secret prisons, we're talking about, um, look at all the whistleblowers, Julian Assange, um, Edward Snowden, uh, Edward Snowden, Chelsea Manning, all these whistleblowers who literally are American patriots. They are revealing to you things that the government is doing against the American people, very shady things that they were doing, and guess what? They're prosecuted for it. They're put in jail. They, they have to escape the country, Right. Actual people who are fighting for for some type of transparency, right? They get punished. So, right. so if you explain this to you know the typical Bill Maher listener, right? The, t- the typical Bill Maher fan, they'll say, "Yeah, I agree. I, I agree one hundred percent, absolutely." Now, all I'm asking is for those people to replace the war on terror with the war on COVID, and you'll see that the exact same actors and the exact same playbook is being used in that war and for some reason people don't seem to be seeing that what what is going on i mean uh, this is the thing terror you know and people being this is something that you can kind of 
put out of your mind. If you're living in America, you go, well, you know, 9-11 happened, but we haven't had any great, uh, you know, huge uh, terrorist attacks since then. So, you know, I guess things are working. But if you're one of these COVIDian cultists, you have to be saying, well, yeah, two weeks to slow the spread. And, uh, and, then, and then it's two years later. And then, oh, no, but, you know, once we have a vaccine, things will be under control. And then, no, that didn't happen. Okay, well, booster. Uh, and now two boosters. And guess what? If you're, if you're all jabbed up and boosted up, you still have to wear a mask. Oh, okay. Well, your children have to wear masks, even though they don't die of COVID. Okay. Well, all of these things. Oh, and then vaccine passports. All of these things that are literally slapping you in the face. Slapping you in the face every single day. You know, imagine, John, if George Bush was president and it's 2001 and there's 9-11 happens, right? And then he goes, we have to fight terror. We have to fight terror. So they go, yeah, let's go get him. And then a month later, another 9-11 happens. And then a month later, another 9-11 happens. You'd say, what the fuck, George Bush? This obvious war on terror is not working. We're seeing the same thing with COVID and the war on COVID. And we have to listen to Fauci. We have to lock down. We have to literally make ourselves go insane. And people do all this. Right. I mean, in, in my home state of Connecticut, vaccination rate is in the 80s. 85%. And people, John, I just had a Zoom call with my family. Everyone's walking around with masks on. I'm ashamed of my cousins and uncles and aunts. They're walking around inside someone's house between bites of food, wearing masks. And I'm like, listen, I, I, okay, hi and bye. I couldn't even stay on the fucking call, John. It's like, how long are you going to continue to be deceived and fooled by tactics that don't work. Right. That don't work. Right. How long are you going to keep doing this? And, and I mean, and how it can should you, be obvious. No, okay. it's a, these are great points to make. And how can you truly be surprised if things aren't getting better if you are complying with all of these exactly. measures that are taking exactly. place? Exactly. Exactly. I, I think the people that really have to wake up are the people that are following the guidelines but they're not happy with the guidelines and they think they're wrong, but they don't do anything and they convince themselves that eventually this will all go away. Well, right. they're not going to go away unless you stop complying with the unconstitutional mandates. It's yeah, just yeah. that's a not simple just, fact not of not life. Not just unconstitutional, anti-science and anti-human. That's what these mandates are. That's what these mandates and the anti-liberty. They don't, they know, not only do they not are they not constitutional? They make no sense, and they are complete affront to human autonomy and human liberty. Full stop. Well, I would say this: they make sense to the people in charge because if your ultimate goal, if your ultimate goal is a global citizenship card, this would be the way you go about getting yes, this global citizenship card. Obviously. So obviously, I do think there's a lot of their narrative is no, no. This is for your safety. And we know that this is not for health and safety. And I think even better, I think even, can I, can I, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I think the real thing that really gets people is, they're not just saying the safety part. I think actually that's, that's the minor part. The major part, this is to keep others safe. Because when you ultimately say this is for your safety, right? Right. You and I will be like, all right, that's cool. We don't really care. I want to make the decision that I want. And so... How about you, it? You are. But but you, what you they. Nailed, 
You nailed it right Yeah, but what they've been able to do... Yeah, they've been very effective at making the primary target others. This is to keep other people safe. Therefore, you feel that guilt when you don't comply with the rules. This is why why you walk into a lot of stores. This is why you see people with masks outside. They know it's not effective and good for their health, but they want to be viewed by people around them as the good citizens that they want to be known as. And so that's to me the real genius behind some of the policies that have been that have been that have been brought forth. I mean, I say genius yeah. because I will say if you told me that you would be able to push a lie, a lie so big that it can be debunked by a very common sense approach by a very common man in the United States of America. I would say you may be able to fool maybe 5% of the population, 10% of the population, but there's no way that you're going to be fooling more than 50% of the population of the United States of America, especially a country in which is founded upon liberty and individualism and obviously the Constitution. I say, okay, maybe some other countries would fall for that shit, but not here, okay? But the bottom line is it has. And then I think even more interesting... Connecticut, which is apparently, I think, known as like the Constitution State, whatever that means. Uh, I think the majority of people are on board with this stuff. I, I, I think what's very interesting and very disturbing to me is that they actually are okay with this being the new normal. They are okay yeah. with taking some of the major choices that have to be made in their lives. And instead of stepping up, up, stepping up to the plate and making those decisions themselves... They have given the power and responsibility to authorities that are in positions in government to do it for them. And I think they like it like that. I think for some reason people have no problem giving the responsibility to others. They don't want to take responsibility uh, for themselves. And you see that all across this country, specifically in places that happen to be places of big government. And when I mean big government... What essentially to me, Sean, is a big government society is a society that lacks individual responsibility. The individual responsibility is 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 really how do you want to call it? Like chopped down, you know, withered away to the point where less and less people are responsible. Therefore, there's a structure in place such as the government that says, if you guys won't be responsible for this, we have no other choice than to take up the responsibilities, which in the past you were responsible for. So if you can't make healthy decisions yourselves, we'll make the healthy decisions for you. If you don't know or you don't want to make the decisions when it comes down to who can wear a mask or who shouldn't wear a mask inside a local gym, basketball game, baseball game outside, we'll come in and we'll be the saviors of your community. And I think people, for the most part, are perfectly okay with that in certain parts of our country. I think for some reason, I haven't done a study on this, people are okay with the government telling them what to do. Well, I, and, and let me let me take it a step further. Even if they're not okay with it, they prefer it to this kind of organized chaos that we're seeing right now, right, John? I mean, America in America, and in Europe it's happening too, you know, outward protests and outward riots. Um you know, fuel prices going crazy, inflation going crazy. This seems like it's chaos, but it's all planned. I mean, the Fed has printed 40% of the dollars that have ever existed in in circulation, and only a small fraction of people can uh, kind of, for some reason, understand what this means. This means, oh, this means that the dollar that you have in your pocket right now is worth about 10 to 15 to 20% less, depending on where you are. 
Now, that might be not be a big deal if you have a good job, but for the working poor, that's huge. That's huge. That's a rent check for the working poor. So then you have all of these poor people, suddenly just homeless people walking around America, and you have all these idiot liberals saying, what What happened here? Oh, no. Oh, no. I, my, literally, my city, San Francisco, New York, literally, my city is a shithole now. I literally live in a shithole. And unless you are up in that upper echelon, that upper crust of the media elites, you know, the intelligentsia, unless you're up in that upper crust, you are starting to get terrified. And you're going, oh, my God, what is going on? And unless you seek out an alternative form of getting information, if you are completely into the narrative media, then you don't know what's going on. You don't know why things are happening. Right. And so you're scared. Right. So you're scared, John. And so even if you're one of these people who just listens to, reads the New York Times and listens to CNN, they're giving you the narrative of, well, you got to watch out for these crazy right-wing Trump people because they're planning an insurrection. And it's going to be even worse than January 6th. Meanwhile, all of this is bullshit, right? The January 6th, like the investigation on the committee that did on January 6th, uncovered that this was not planned at all by the Trump administration. It was literally a handful of trolls who got let into the Capitol building, memed and took photos in Nancy Pelosi's office, and then got ushered out. That's literally what happened. This is not some kind of a, a military coup. And the committee reveals that. And yet, if you read the New York Times, that's what you're being uh, conditioned to be afraid of. Oh, no, the, the Trumpers, they'll never rest. And pay no attention to the, re- to the fact that you can't, um, you, know, you can't buy a computer because there's a chip shortage in Taiwan. Don't even think about that. No, no, don't even right. think about that. The, you, you can't think about the fact that I'm, I'm triple vaxxed, but I still, got, I still got COVID. I don't understand. Don't think about that. No, 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 no. You have to be as confused as possible. And you have to be expecting that a Black Lives Matter rally is going to break out somewhere in your town, anywhere, and literally burn down all the businesses on your street. But you're not allowed to criticize that. And so you have these people walking around so terrified and so confused because the narrative has fed them nothing but garbage into their ears. And they've been told if you seek out any other forms of media, if you do your own research on COVID, you are evil, you are a racist, you are a white supremacist. This is what they hear, John, every single day. And if you walk around like that, even if you're a good, compassionate liberal who doesn't want the government to have too much power over people's lives, you will accept that over the alternative, which they have painted as the, you know, worse, worse than death, essentially. Right, right. The unknown. Right. This, do, do, do you follow me? Yeah, I'm, so I'm following you. What, and they I think done, your... what, what they have done is, essentially, it's like the mafia comes in. And they, and they, you know, I mean, John, imagine, imagine someone comes into your home and they say, for your safety and the safety of others, you must vacate. This is now our property, right? Now, what is the answer? Is the answer, well, I'll move into my garage or my attic and maybe in a couple weeks I'll be able to get my, you know, when things get better, I'll be able to get my house back. Uh, That's what most people have said. The correct answer is, this is your verbal warning. If you don't get out, I'm going to shoot you in the face. That's the correct answer, John. And yet most people, because Americans, over the past 30 years, we have been pussified. Completely. We have been been taught to hate independence and to hate self-reliance and to think that these things are bad 
and that these things are antiquated. You know and that you know they, yeah. things will be easier if we give up our rights. But guess what, John? It is the right answer to say, as soon as someone steps foot in your door and tries to take over your space, you say, "Get out!" This is your verbal warning before I kill you. That is the correct answer. Right. Well, I was going to say, I don't think it's so much that we we're told to hate self-reliance. I think it's that we are to understand that it's limited. So I think one of the one of the again very persuasive um, options, one of the very persuasive things that government does, and those people who are obviously proponents of government, they'll say, "Look, freedoms are important, but freedoms and self-reliance are not enough to maintain a safe and stable society." Safe and safe and stable societies require cops. And then someone would say, no, actually, we don't want cops here. We have a local sheriff in town. Everyone's locked and loaded. We're good to go. What? What? You don't want cop? You don't want a large police force? No, actually, we're pretty. We're okay. Well, if there's no if there's no police force and everyone's just going to start shooting everyone and there'll be crime. It's like and, 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 and this is ultimately what's what. Look, I mean. It is that sometimes you can make a very persuasive argument for this, but what I would suggest is that you see this across all fields. So, for example, you see this with pollution, right? Well, we have to have regulations against companies because if we don't, then everyone's just going to pollute the area around you. It's like, okay, yeah, yeah. so you yeah, think because, that, that because a neighborhood of... Because for some reason, everyone wants to live in a shitty, horrible, polluted correct. environment, of course. Correct, yeah, yeah, and, and it's also negating the fact that if you lived in a community... In which there was a guy who was taking all his trash and burning it in his backyard. You're 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 going along with the fact that people in the community around him would not do something about it, so that that guy stops to burn fires in the back of his yard. The reality is that if there were no cops and there were responsible citizens that lived on that block, and there was a guy burning trash out, trust me, those guys would get together and say, "You're going to have to stop doing that." Because if you don't stop doing that, well, then we're going to have to move it to, 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 you know, to phase two. And the guy who's burning trash realizes, like, look, I've created, I've become an enemy of the people in my community. And I either can compromise and do something about this or continue to do what I do and expect some severe consequences because I'm, I'm affecting the health of the people that are my neighbors. But again, I go back to the point where they would make this argument. And I think we as kids remember this all the time, that if we didn't have government, people would be savages. That we need government to make sure that people don't become savages. And and and, go ahead. and, 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 and the issue there is, the biggest assumption that's made there is that governments can't be savages. And I think this is the well, biggest yeah, mistake, right, right is that there, people, right there. Mm-hmm. people don't, People, it's true. I agree. People can be savages, but the assumption is that this government is not run by savages, and I don't yeah, think yeah. that's the right assumption to make. I think the right assumption to make is yes, everyone can be savages, both private workers, public workers, people who are in government, people who are out of government. The question is, why are we saying as a society that if you are a part of this government who is tasked? with the goal to create a safe and secure environment, why are you assuming that savagery can't exist inside of this group of people like it exists outside of this group of people? And I'll take that a step further, John. Sorry, I'll let you finish. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no, so so what you said is perfect. It's exactly what what Friedrich Bastiat said in the late 18th century in his his essay, The Law. Um, 
you know, people talk about the inherent evil of human nature, and then they advocate for government regulation. And he says, what, do you think that the people who run government are made of some special stuff that's better than us? They're people just like us. If, if you believe humans to be so bad, why are you now entrusting all of this power in the hands of a few humans who are just apparently just as bad as the rest of us or have a pr propensity to be bad? Because we know for sure, John, that when you give human beings like just unrequited power and, and just uh, all of the power that doesn't have to be checked, they do very bad things with it. Even the people with the best of intentions, right. they do. They become gods, essentially, John. They right. believe that they have the the wield the power of gods, and yet we have a very, very, very malleable, uh, very fallible human morality, essentially. Right. And so, why? What? Uh, and listen, I agree when I hear progressives saying, "Yeah, you know, humans, we fuck up the planet, we hurt each other." I go, "Yes, I agree." And then I say. To them, but why? Why do you think that the answer is in relinquishing all of your power to do it, to make a change and giving it up to the hands of, of a monopoly, essentially, that has all of the arms, that has all of the money, that has all of the power. And uh, by the way, are not accountable. Right. can persecute you. And they're not accountable to you. So this is what and gets me about people exactly. like in Spain or in Germany. This is what frustrates me about pro-EU people. It's like, you you want to give your your freedoms and your trust and hope in the future of humanity over to people who you don't hold accountable or have the ability to hold accountable over? Can you imagine that? Would you send your kid to a school system in which they say that you don't have the right to hold teachers accountable for the stuff that they do? No, the answer would be no. You would never send your kid to a school in which the principal says... You cannot ask any questions about what your kid learns, and you cannot ask any questions about anything that is done to him by other kids. Because ultimately, the teachers and the students inside our school are not going to be held accountable for what they do. And of course, they won't say that. They'll say, we're going to deal with it the way we want to deal with it, but you have no say in it. You can't go to the PTA meetings. You can't go to the Board of Ed meetings. You can't have parent-teacher conferences. You have given up all those rights. And my point is, is why, if you wouldn't as a parent, um, would put up with that? Why do you put up with it when it comes down to Brussels? Why do you put up with yeah, it yeah. when it comes down to the Fed? And people do. And I will say this. You made a point about January 6th. I, I will just say this, if, if they were able, if the global cartel was able to pull off COVID-19, I mean, to pull off some type of situation, scenario, something goes on in America and blame it on Trump supporters, I can tell you right now, there are people on a certain side of politics that are begging that story to happen. And oh, like, whether sure. it's the New York for Times, sure. and I think it's just in general, people would love it if they heard about a riot that got out of control. It wouldn't be like, oh man, that sucks to live in this country. It's like, yes, now we have our excuse to purge the Trumpers and to make yeah. sure this guy never runs again in this country. And I'm just yeah. going to say this. To pull off a stunt like that, if they were able to manipulate states like Massachusetts, Connecticut, and New York when it came down to COVID, 
they certainly, certainly will have the ability to pull off a stunt in which will manipulate people about some type of new January 6th that's on the verge of happening. It's not going to be a very difficult thing to do. And I think there's parts of this country that would actually endorse something like that so that they can use it as an excuse to further the party, to, excuse me, to further the power in their particular party and their particular part of the country. They would look at a January 6th uprising as, yes, finally, we, the state of Connecticut, and the liberals that have control of the state have the right to take away arms from average citizens. Yeah, yeah. Yes, oh, I, I, we I, finally I, I, have I, I, our excuse I mean, to do that. We, we have gotten to a point, John, where, I mean, just look at look at things right now. Look at the state of things, okay? Um, everything that the conspiracy, quote-unquote conspiracy theorists said about COVID is coming, has come true or is coming true now, right? Back when, back when they said, oh, it's two weeks to slow the spread, conspiracy, the quote-unquote conspiracy theorists were saying, this is going to last forever. They're going to make your kids wear masks. They're going to force jabs on everybody. They're going to make vaccine passports. And they said, no, you're crazy. And then that stuff happens. And the, the, the corporate media says, no, this is why all these things are good. Rather than saying, ha 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 the conspiracy theorists were right and we're forcing you anyway. No, no, no. They say, oh, no, this, this is great. They're like They don't even deny that we are living in the conspiracy now. And then you look at Ghislaine Maxwell was supposed to be six weeks of a trial, finished in 12 days. And, and, and where do you hear about this? In the media. Maybe Tucker talks about it, and that's it. And then, then, you, have some, then you have alternate media talking about it, but now you have Joe Rogan and, and Tim, Tim, uh, Tim, Tim Dillon talking about it. And that's it, or Alex Jones. And yet, we're literally talking about the most powerful people in the world being blackmailed by a guy who probably worked from Assad to essentially get footage of these people having sex with underage girls on camera, taking them to little St. James Island on his, on his plane, the Lowly Express, a plane that Bill Clinton was on 26 times going to the rape island, right? He's on the manifest. And then I open up YouTube, John, and I see an ad for Masterclass. You know my, you know my Masterclass. You know that series. Yes. And it's and it's Bill Clinton teaching leadership, and I'm thinking to myself, we like we can't be living in a simulation because the simulation it, it, this is too crazy and insane to be a simulation. You know what I mean? Like truth. Well, truth, I mean, truth. here's the thing. I don't. Here's <laughs> I, I would the only pushback on this I would do, and then you know you can give me your your follow up is. I don't think it should surprise us that political leaders have very suspect sexual experiences with people. No, no, but John, so, the so, average person, the average person would call you a conspiracy theorist for laying li- well, the truth. I think the average person doesn't care anymore. I think, I think, like that's what that like. If I found out that Bill Clinton and Donald Trump were on the same plate and had sex with a minor, no one would be surprised with that. No one. Now, like, there might be some people on the right that deny that. But it's like, guys, let's really look at this situation. Would you really be surprised if Bill Clinton and Donald Trump were both on a plane in their, whatever, 30s or whatever, and there were two girls that were 17 years old, and they had a sexual experience with both of them? Are people really going to be surprised about that? 
And and I'm not like I'm I'm pretty sure the boomer libs who love the Clintons would be pretty surprised by that. Well, I just I just don't think people would be fair about that comment. I think if you're gonna call Trump a sleaze, then you got to call Clinton a right. sleaze. If you're gonna hold Trump up to this iconic King David standard, then you know I can see why people say the same thing about Bill Clinton and that he was God on earth. So, so but John, I, so, but John, we're, we're talking about we're talking apples and oranges. Trump is not giving a master class that's advertised on YouTube, right? Like, no, but he would. He would. No, but he would. I mean, he would if it if it, if he's going to run for president. That is ultimately a master class on leadership. No, 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 no. But John, you, you know about you know about the series master class. Do you, don't I know. You? Yeah, it's an online. They're online classes, from what I understand. Right. And there are certain right, right. people. I mean, yes. Bill Clinton is giving one on leadership, and it's like the Ghislaine Maxwell trial just concluded after twelve days. It's supposed to be six weeks, and 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 yet. For some reason, the public is not in an uproar saying we demand to know what names she is naming, and who, we want to know who Jeffrey Epstein was connected with. But, but can I? Can I like, here's my argument. Going, doo, 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 doo. Oh, Omicron! I'm scared. Fifteen yeah. people have died in the entire world. I'm terrified. Right. I yeah, because I, and I and I think that the bottom line is is COVID's captivated people's minds, and it's captivated people's minds, and they can't let go. And I think all these things become secular. A secondary. I'll, I'll give you an example why it's secondary compared to other things that could affect people. You mentioned a good point before. Inflation, right? Gas prices go up. Your rent's going to go up. Look, our rent's going from like 23 to 30, to 30, uh, 30 almost 32, okay? Oh. Now, like that pretty much is like, okay, we're going to, that's inflation right there. You're paying 2300 and then all of a sudden you get a little uh, email and says, oh, you're going to go up to 32. It's like, that's, that's, that gets your attention. And and my point is that's just anecdotal. That's just my experience. I'm sure there are other people out there that have experiences maybe not as radical as that, but certainly experiences when it comes down to paying more money for things that they are obviously consuming or staying or all those things combined. I'm, I'm just saying that I think all these things have become secondary because people at the end of the day have kept things to the point where it's football on Sundays, it's work during the weekdays, and it's yeah. finding out whether or not COVID is going to get them unemployed or not, and well, and I think that's that, it. That's I think exactly like exactly the I think it's yeah, COVID. Go ahead, go ahead. I think I think the way people's minds operate right now is like NFL, COVID, and Amazon one, two, and three. I don't know, Sean. I'm just kind of throwing it out there. Or like I guess job, okay, like okay, your job. Okay. You you hit you hit on something, John. You hit on something that was perfect, and it it is this: people are. In their unconscious, I don't know, but I think people are more afraid of the COVID restrictions and of them testing positive. If, you know, if they test positive, most people know that it's, nothing is going to happen to them. Nothing. They're going to be asymptomatic. And Omicron, it's nothing. It's less than a cold. And they, I think most people know this. But they're, they're terrified because why? If you test positive, oh, shit, I can't fly now. Oh, shit, I can't, I can't work. Uh, oh shit! You know, I, if I if I don't comply, then I can't participate in all the things that I want to do in life, in society. I can't travel. I can't do anything. So people are terrified of these COVID restrictions. As am I. You know, if you if you were to ask me, Sean, what's your fear of COVID? I would say zero, exactly zero. I'm zero afraid of COVID. What's your what? What are you afraid of them? A hundred percent COVID restrictions and the COVID regime. So we are in an upside down world, John where 
the antidote is killing us. Not the disease, it's the antidote that is killing us. That right. is where we're at. Well, I mean, COVID's just a symptom. I think that's, that's there's, there, there's a much... There, there's a much greater problem happening, and COVID is just a symptom of this much greater problem. Now, people have suggested several different things in which um, is creating this moment of psychosis for our society. Um, I believe very strongly that people have fallen in love with this world and worldly things. And for a very long time, we were told as kids that all we would have to get rid of is religious thoughts, religious ideas, religious rituals, religious people, religious leaders. And when we become a truly secular society and cut off any mention of the sacred, we will then have a very peaceful and prosperous society. Now, like from the very beginning of our childhood, this was kind of the trend. And look, I mean, some of the arguments that were put forward as to why religion was a bad thing, right, were very credible. And there was very little argument I could make against some of the critiques that were taking place. The problem is there's this thing inside of human beings, and it's not just physical, it's spiritual. And you could also make the argument that people worship and people want to worship things and they are programmed to worship something. And that if you just cut off, let's say, a church, if you just cut off um, a religious group, if you cut off the Bible, if you cut off anything that you think is bringing down society and preventing it from entering into this lovely, prosperous, progressive age, if you think that there's not going to be a vacuum created and that vacuum is going to be filled with something, in this case I call it, you know, scientism, secular scientism, okay, if you could not see that coming, I think it was a tremendous blunder for you to make. Because what took place since we were very young was this emphasis on the world, worldly things, worldly items, technology, things that were going to make our life faster, easier, cheaper, Things that were going to bring people closer than ever before. Internet, news stations that were able to give you immediate access to things that were happening all across our world. And people stopped taking deep breaths. People stopped taking long walks. People really stopped, stopped, they stopped taking moments in which everything just stops. And then we wonder why the anxiety is up, is, is, is incredibly high, why stress is high, why isolation, loneliness, depression is very high. We ultimately have created a situation in which we have been told our only solution is in the physical. And I, 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 I don't believe that the physical is sufficient to deal with some of the, what I would call, spiritual problems in which people are having today. And and I think that's a, that's a blunder. It's a blunder. And until that's recognized, I think people are going to be chasing after their own shadows. Well, you, you, you look at the, um, the dissatisfaction of millennials, for example, you know, uh, our generation. You and I, we have wives and, and, and children, right? We went the traditional route. I don't consider myself a traditional guy. I mean, you, 
you and I, I don't think we would even, no one would consider us, oh, they have very traditional lives. No, that, I think we have very interesting lives. You, you, you're, you're like, a, you're like an, uh, an independent professional in what you do, you know? I'm an independent professional in what I do. So is my wife, you know? And, but we are kind of exceptions to the rule at this point. And there are so many people who I left behind in New York and I see them every once in a while, I'll pop in on them. And I see that they, it's like they're miserable, John. It's like they're in a jail, you know? They're just in this holding pattern of Netflix and Uber and Uber Eats and, and uh, Tinder and just going out and having sex with strangers and then, and then just narcissistically complaining about the world and then and literally not cultivating any wealth. They're, they're spending all their money on either food or drugs or booze or, and their rent and they don't own anything. And it's like, and then they ask for more government. They ask for more government. They ask for more government uh, uh, to just to, to govern them, govern them harder. Why? Why are things getting worse? Why are things getting worse? Uh, it must be, and they don't understand what it must be. And so they ask for more authoritarianism. I, you know what I would even on. say? You know what the thing is? Is I don't even think they're asking for more government. They're asking for someone to tell them what to do. They're, yes, they're asking for a solution. So, so this and what's happening is, yeah, I'll let you yeah. they're asking, they're begging people to tell them what to do, and the government's taking advantage of that. And they're saying and, and we have know, a we have uh -huh. a we have a massive group of people right now living in the United States that are going to allow us to make decisions on their behalf, and yeah, yeah. there's going to be very little consequences for the decisions that we make. In fact. They'll actually, as things get more and more chaotic, ask us to do more and more things for them. So why not make it a little bit more chaotic for the short time? For the yeah. short term. Um, you know, what I see a lot of this, John, is, is delayed adolescence. It's, it's, it's uh, adults our age who are still kind of stuck at, the, at 14 and 15 mentally, you know? Um, because they were told that... All you got to do is, you know, go to go to go to college, get your four year degree and then you'll be all set. And then they come out of college and everybody else has a degree. So the so the cost of the degree is literally zero because everybody else has the same exact degree and they're saddled with one hundred twenty thousand dollars worth of debt. So they literally are wage slaves from the time that they that they have started and they think to themselves, the solution is, it, oh, oh. Uh, it's capitalism is the problem, even though capitalism is literally the solution to fixing the prices, the ridiculous prices of things with competition. That's another discussion. So their solution is, oh, Bernie Sanders, he wants to he wants to forgive all of my student loan debt. So literally, John, all of these lefty woke millennials, they they hate their fathers. Their fathers didn't never did the right job, did not train them, did not teach them. And so now they want government to be their father. They want Bernie Sanders to be their father. They want Joe Biden to be their father. They want Dr. Fauci to be their father. What's that? They want Dr. Fauci to be their father. They want Fauci to be their father. They need a father figure. And well, I think, can I just can I just say that? Uh-huh. Isn't it interesting that a lot of the people that hated on the Catholic Church in particular mm -hmm. because of that father figure that they just detested, this idea that there's a priest... Right. You know, that resides over a mass and that I go see for confession. And he apparently goes to God on behalf of my sins, right? And I thought what's really interesting is that you just went from one father to another. 
And I think, again, going back to the idea, when you remove religion from someone's life, they still want to be religious deep down. Mm -hmm. So all you're really doing is transferring religions. They're just changing religions. They're still very... We're we're all religious people in some sense. We all want community. We all want to be a part of a ritual. Mm -hmm. All they did was went from one father to another father. Right. That's all they did. And, and And now, John, this father... The religious father figure, the godfather father figure, that was all voluntary. Hey, you can be in the church or you don't have to be in the church. No one's forcing you, right? But now with this new daddy that they have, you cannot opt out. The system is, if the system is is not 100% voluntary, it's 100% coercive. Now your daddy is the state. Doesn't matter what you think, you're under the state's power now. Oh, did your, did your guy lose the election? Too bad. Oh, did your guy win the election? Doesn't matter. You know, it's literally, it's, you are trapped now. And, you know, what, what I was, so anyway. What no, I was, you have, you, 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 you have to. You articulated that perfectly, right? Yeah. Human beings are religious by nature, right? Human beings are religious by nature. And you can either accept that and say, okay, well, I, and what I mean by religious, I mean, we need a meta narrative. We need something that binds us together as a, a group, as, as a society, as a group. That might be, could be, it could be storytelling. It could be a religion, a, a shared spiritual belief system. It could be government, you know? And so many people, so many secular liberals have thought that, oh, well, our salvation is going to be in rejecting all of these old traditional ideas that obviously didn't work, even though they got us this far, uh, duh. Um, and we're going to reject that and we're going to accept, and they, I mean, they think they're so smart, but literally they're doing the, they're doing even worse by taking this kind of fundamental religious fervor and, and, and comporting it to the state, which doesn't give you a chance to question. It doesn't give you a chance to walk away. If John, if you don't go to mass on Sunday, no one's coming to your house and knocking down your door and dragging you off to prison. Right. Right. But if you don't pay your taxes and if you go on the wrong websites, if you go to the wrong protests, well, guess what? ATF is knocking on your door. IRS is knocking on your door. You're on a federal watch list. Boom, you're a terrorist. If you go, if you go to your kid's public school, uh, like parent-teacher conference, and you complain that there's CRT in the schools, guess what? Feds have got your name now, John. So there is no opting out. There is no, ch- there is no voluntary choice when it comes to the state. This is your new God, and you will obey this God. That right. is exactly how it's going. Right. No, it's well said. And you, you're you in a situation, too, where, like you said, you can't opt out. Um, I, would, I would say this. The reason why they're very successful at purging people who don't think like they do, and the reason why I think they have such energy um, to push the policies that they would like to push is because the thought process is we have the truth. We know what's right to make a great, wonderful society. We know that you don't think like we do. So if you think differently than us, then there's actually very little that you can contribute to our society. So therefore, actually having you not exist or be totally isolated and purged is the only way that we can create a very rich and prosperous society. You see, if you ultimately wanted to create the perfect, let's say I'm in tennis, Sean, you wanted to create the perfect tennis class 
and you can pick 10 students, right? And there's a certain definition. There's a certain um, criteria, criteria in which you want so that when there's a videotape of you with the 10 people that are on the court hitting the ball with you, it looks perfect. And you need everyone to comply with your ideology because ultimately right. you have the perfect answer. You have the perfect drills. You have the perfect games to play. And if you decide to show up one day and say, actually, I'm not going to comply. Well, the way I justify kicking you out of the clinic is, well, I have the perfect recipe. If you would not like to participate in the perfect recipe, I have no other option than to kick you out of this club. And I think that's ultimately the power behind the argument that people make when it comes down to either killing, purging, or re-educating people when it comes to certain government policies. The idea is very simple. We have the truth. You think differently than us. Therefore, you think differently than the truth. We cannot have that exist because it doesn't help us who think the truth. So therefore, you're gone and everyone else who thinks like us can stay. Yeah. That's ultimately the big problem. It, it, it is very dangerous to be right when the government is wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is yeah. very dangerous to be right when the government is wrong. It is. It really is. Yeah, I know. So, I mean, to wrap this up, um, you know, last time we spoke, one of the things that I mentioned was if you would like what you see to end, do not comply. If you would yeah. like to see what you know if you would like to see this continue comply i still offer the same basic solution if you want this to end do not comply um i i i think what makes the current state a bit more frustrating is going back and we didn't get a chance to talk about it in this show is there's a majority of people who want a type of global citizenship as of right now yeah I, I, and I, agree. I agree. and I think it has such it has such a powerful argument for something like this. It is very enticing to think that you can have this one card and this one card can give you access to all places across the world and the more you obey those who are in char- charge, the more you have access to all across the world. I would say Here's the number one thing that is missing from this. So I thought about this, Sean, right? And I'm like, okay, so you have one of these cards. And these cards are ultimately carried, let's say, by someone who says, you know, I want to visit all these different places because they're really, really cool. Right? Hold on one second.
combat. <laughs> I don't know how we're going to deal with that editing. I'm going to have to try to do my best. Might be a little difficult. Um, yeah, that was, that was your chance to go on a little rant there. So here, here's what I thought, right? The idea is very enticing. Let, let's have this global citizenship card. Gives you access to places all across the world. Yada, yada, yada. It's very easy to control things, stabilize things, make sure people are following the rules. The big problem is that, like, what are you going to see? What are you going to see? Because part of the beautiful cultures all across this world um, were created because people had freedom. People took risks. People did things out of the ordinary. That is what made some of the great art in this world. And that is what made some of the great ideas of this world. And so what people don't realize is you might have access to go anywhere you want. But you're going to be around the same type of people that are like you. And they yeah. think the same. And this idea that you're going to see beauty, truth, um, have, have a religious experience, have something happen out of the ordinary. All of these things is in which is why you and I travel, Sean. We go to new places because we're adventurous. We want to see something yeah. new. We don't always follow the rules that we're supposed to follow. Right? We take risks, right? We do something out of the ordinary. If you don't have that spirit inside of you, all this travel that you're able to do with all this money that you are given because of your social credit score is not going to give you any type of experience that's superior to what those people could do before this system and before COVID could do. And so that is, I think, the big flaw in this argument of a global pass and a global citizenship and which allows people to obviously you know go across the world and do all these different things i'll let you have the last word yeah that's that's a perfect analog for how they the statists and the collectivists see the world right there's they want to remove all all doubt and risk because they want you to be full full-fledged into their religion, right? They, you, they want you to be in, be totally faithful, right? When we know that the things that make life interesting are being uncertain and there being mysteries and trying to search things out, right? And there being risks. You know, you know sometimes you're going to screw up. Sometimes you're going to fall. Sometimes you're going to get sick. And guess what? Sometimes some people die, you know? Yeah. Lo loved ones, you know, you don't know when they're going to die. And... But guess what? You're going to make new relationships. You're going to learn incredible things. You're going to have incredible experiences. All of that stuff, John, is going to go away. All that beauty is going to go away if things are calculated perfectly. And everyone knows what the outcomes are going to be. Everyone's safe. Oh, we're also inside the matrix. We're all inside the computer. It's okay. We've taken care of everything. There's nothing to rebel against because it's all controlled now. That literally, you've removed humanity from humans once you do that. And I'm shocked by how many people want to go that way. They want to go the way of the matrix. They want to go inside the machine that they know is false, that they know is a simulation, but they go, well, at least there, I, you know, I can have some fun. And that's what, that's what it is. Right. They have sacrificed all the depth of their life and all the beauty for some fun. Right. Because yay, the metaverse, I can be a dragon if I want to be a dragon in the metaverse. Yay. Right. This right. is how it works. Right. Right. Or, or how it doesn't work rather. I mean, yeah. Yep. You essentially you essentially wear people down mentally, the, the, the ones who are still resisting. The ones who are full, just full on, have a hard on for this new world order, they're lost. But the ones who are 
feel a little resistant, it's literally we have to demoralize them and confuse them and scare them until right. they comply, until they right. obey, until they say, oh my God, fuck it. And right. become so so nihilistic that they say, right. fuck it. Right. I, I don't care. Just plug me in. Right. Plug me into the matrix. Right. I, would, right. I would rather that you plug me into the cage and starve me to death like the, what you're doing right, right now. Because you know there's no there's nothing after death anyway, and uh, this is all there is. So might as well just this is, uh, and this is, just this might is, as well might as well experiment it, it, and uh, flirt with this idea of synthesizing artificial intelligence with the human body. Because if this is all there is, well, I mean, we might as well prolong this experience as long as we can. It's a dangerous yeah, yeah. a dangerous wager, but um, well said, man. Great show. I'm gonna let you get to bed. I'm going to get going myself. Great show, and um, look forward to, to chatting soon, Sean. Yes, brother.